The following is based on a real conversation. Right, Laura, name for me, please, all the actors who have played the Doctor in order right now. Uh, okay, um, William Hartnell. Yep. Uh, Chopsy McBolcut, uh, Sheepy Head, Tom Baker, uh, Blondo. The one, the one you like. Sylvester McCoy. Yes, um, the one with the face, you know, he's kind of slim, he's slim. Um, uh, oh, uh, in the film, the, the face, Facey McFace. Oh, uh, Christopher Eccleston. Uh, um, uh, David Tennant. D- what? David Tennant. Right, right. And uh, Matt Smith. Easy. Easy? Yeah. Well, you just called Patrick Troughton Chopsy McBowlcut. So? Well, you didn't even mention Colin Baker. I don't think he counts. I'm pretty sure he does. Why is this such a problem for you anyway? I just think that as you're a co-host of a fairly popular Doctor Who podcast, you should have some sort of basic knowledge about the programme. Your face is the co-host of a fairly popular Doctor Who podcast. That's not a valid argument. Your mum isn't a valid argument. That doesn't even make sense. That's it. No kisses for a month. You didn't say kisses in the original conversation, did you? No, but this is a family podcast. Fine. Fine. I guess we should look on the bright side. Eleven down, only two more actors to remember. Hello and welcome to episode two of season three of the Oodcast, and we are very, very Glad to be coming from the new Oud studio in Kingston-upon-Thames. We've got everything set up, a lovely sofa, a lovely soft brown leather sofa, and we're looking pretty good. With me this week is young Andrew Candish. Hello. The beautiful Laura. Oh, you charmer. And the eloquent Chris Alpha. And I'm Chris Sigma. Thank you for downloading our podcast. Doesn't Chris Alpha get a chance to say anything? not allowed to say anything. Thank you, Mr. Sigma. <laughs> That's quite amusing. So, guys, I usually float around in a bit of a bubble of ignorance because I never look at any rumour sites or most of the world that's not in- directly in front of me, really. But apparently something happened in the fan world that caused a bit of consternation in the past week or so. Can somebody please enlighten me? Yes, I can. It's a splish. A splish? It's like a spoiler-ish. Yeah. So anyone who doesn't want to hear anything about the the upcoming Sarah Jane Adventures episode Death of the Doctor, don't listen for the next two minutes or so. Is it when you said splish? I thought you meant the uh, that road safety advert with with John Pertwee from the seventies book. That was Splink, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Splink, so, mate. See, and there was me thinking I could get in a really good geeky seventies Who joke. No, but never mate. mind. No seventies well, anyway. Who ness gets let's, past let's, me. Let's move on. <laughs> Okay, so this is a Sarah Jane Adventures thing. Splish. and in, <laughs> in The Death of the Doctor, which is written by Russell T. Davis, of course, there is one line where the Doctor tells Clyde, which is one of Sarah Jane's little munchkin helper dudes, uh, he tells him that he could regenerate maybe 507 times and then they just get on with running again. It's not mentioned again. They just obliterate 
that particular bit of Time Lord lore and just get on with it. And I think it's brilliant. I think it's a very easy and economical way to uh, get rid of, you know, something that they're going to have to get rid of in a couple of actors' time anyway. So I think it's awesome. I think it's a brilliant idea. And it was a fairly arbitrary sort of limit originally placed on it, wasn't it, in Deadly Assassin, I think. That's where right. Where they said you could only regenerate 12 times, which... It contradicted everything that had gone before that. Well, previously in the War Games, haha, geek hat on. Um, <laughs> do you like the angle does, of it? He does put that on very. It's much. a rakish ang- angle there, <laughs> isn't it? Just mm. um, in the War Games, there's the line, "Oh well, barring accidents, we can live forever," which seems to indicate actually time lords have no limit; they they can keep going. So, what this twelve limit used to be on was presumably some sort of, I don't know, safety kind of thing. A sort of, I don't know, looking at the five doctors, the curse of immortality. Maybe they at some point established a limit, but actually there doesn't have to be a limit. But also in the five doctors, they offer the master a new regeneration cycle, cycle. which mm-hmm. seems to support the theory that, that it is that a like time lord made sort of synthetic. They it, could in, go on forever otherwise. It, with the risk of getting this slightly wrong and being... Um, effigies of me being burnt by other fans um in the trial of a time lord do they not offer the the valiard his the doctor's final few regenerations well the valiard is <coughs> he the whole the raison d'etre of the valiard in trial of a time lord is that he wants to nick the doctor's final yeah, regeneration is, isn't he um like a, a, an evil regeneration or something like that he's but some woo! sort of Going right over the top of my head alert. Yeah, we are getting a bit geeky. Yeah, come on, guys. Let's bring it back to what's really important. I think that this whole, oh, there's suddenly no longer 13 regenerations. I think it's rubbish. Why? Well, you see, because it's not that I don't want there to be more Doctor Who or more brilliant actors to play it. I was just really looking forward to the interesting way, this crazy scheme that they were going to devise to get out of it. I was hoping we'd have at least two or three episodes dedicated to, oh, the Doctor's a special Time Lord. He can sort it out in a, an interesting way. And now it's just like, oh, well, well it doesn't really count, does it? Well, I, I, well, I'm wondering if there isn't going to be something like that anyway, because there are various clues left throughout kind of the Doctor's story that suggests that he's something more than just a normal Time Lord. Stephen Moffat in the latest production notes in DWM has said that we've already seen more than we think. Right from the start. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say that I've had enough of regeneration angst. I think we had as much as any human being can take with David Tennant's Doctor not wanting to go. I don't want another Doctor who's convinced that this regeneration is the last. I think I'm really glad that they've got it out of the way with just a line. And in the 70s, a writer wrote a line which established something. Now another writer has written a line which Mm. has established something else. It's not really the end of the world for anyone, is it? And I suppose another thing about it is it means the new possibilities are endless. Oh, oh, Doctor, I left my keys in this burning building. Oh, that's all right. I'll just go get them for you. Oh, Doctor, this room is full of nitrous acid gas. Oh, fair enough. Oh, oh, what? Do you want me to open the window slightly? Yes, in I go. Ah, but he's not immortal, is he? Yeah, but if he's if he can just get light damage, I suppose the what we've got to quantify now is how much damage exactly can you do to a doctor? How many of his hit points can you remove before that's it? Like, would you if you cut off a leg, 
like I suppose we've seen his hand grow back, but but would you would you have to bisect the doctor? Well, we, or then we would do, you get two doctors? We do know falling several thousand feet through a glass roof and onto a, con- a stone floor does yeah, not do him any much harm. A problem. I, I think it's a great thing. I, it just removes all the. We are agreed, though, that the... Oh, Chris's agree with each other. Oh. I just don't think it's something (laughs) to argue about and something to get really upset about. I just think, you know, Moffat's made this decision. We knew that it had to go, whether it was with part of the narrative of just this cheeky sneaking it into a children's TV programme. I love how I call (laughs) Sarah Jane Adventures a children's (laughs) TV programme as if Doctor Who isn't. But you see what I mean? They're just... It's on a cable channel. Let's just sneak that in. Change everything. I, I tell I think you it's what brilliant. I think is a bit of a dodgy thing. You calling Clyde a munchkin. He could do you over in an alley. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking He's the, tough. The, the, the first two episodes of the next series of Sarah, the Sarah Jane Adventures will be um, uh, featuring the Oompa Loompas from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That I would I would love to see that episode. We should, we should, <laughs> we should do that, their, their song. Yes, <laughs> and speaking of very cute things, I see that Chris and Laura have got a adipose stress toy. Hooray! Yeah, I remember mm, something like I don't know, just before series five, I noticed these things were about to come out, and I got very excited on that particular episode. And now I've held one in my hand, and it's so sweet. It is really sweet. He got so excited that he waited for somebody else to get one before he... <laughs> I didn't realise they were actually out yet. <laughs> uh, before we leave the regeneration thing completely, uh, I, it got me thinking, what would a society be like with Time Lords who did have unlimited regenerations? And I thought it might be a little something like this. Good day, Castellan Theatre. Apologies for my lateness, but I ran into a spot of trouble on my way into the Citadel this morning. No need to apologise, Levin. We we Time Lords carry a heavy burden. Our knowledge of the inner workings of the universe is both a calling and a curse. Absolutely. To harness the might of a black hole or watch in detached fascination as time scatters planets like glass marbles across the skin of the universe... Our lives will always turn around matters of great import and consequence. Yeah, also I was having a really bad hair day. What? Well, there's this tuft of hair at the side of my head that keeps sticking out of my ceremonial headdress, so no matter what I try and do, it's always like kind of, it just goes woohoo like that. I see. In the end, I thought sod it and killed myself so I could regenerate new hair. Took me three goes before I was blonde again. How inconvenient. And another six before I had a nose I liked. My wife thinks I'm crazy. She says I don't have the sense I was regenerated with. Imagine that. So that's why I'm late. I did think about getting into a TARDIS and travelling back to a point where I could have got here on time. But then you remembered that a Time Lord moving back through his own timeline had the potential to unravel the universe as it seems and destroy everything that ever was and ever will be. That's right. So I wasn't sure if it was really worth it, to be honest. So anyway, um, do you like my new hair? can't really see it under the ceremonial headdress. I know, it's mad, isn't it? Why do we even wear these things? It makes going to the cinema rubbish. All it takes is one person to sit in front of you. Indeed. The other day, no sooner had I stepped outside my door than a gust of wind caught the shoulder pads and sent me flying into a tree. Took me hours to get down. In the end, I just fell off the branch, hit the ground head first and regenerated. Easy. Very resourceful, my Lord Levin. Thank you, Castellan. 
Actually, this voice is beginning to annoy me now. It's too high and querulous. It sounds a bit like a girl. Do you mind if I close my head in the door a few times until I'm happy? If you must. How about this? Uh, No. How about this one? 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 No. How about this one, Turno? No. How about this one? No. How about this one? That's me. You've regenerated into me. Well, this is awkward. Yes. Is that your wife? Hello and welcome to the Oodcast News. Dalek arrives in wrong time zone and at wrong school for remembrance of the Daleks filming. Time loop discovered in South London. Complaints have been flooding in as audience members realise that Doctor Who Live doesn't actually feature the Doctor live on stage. Sports news now and a Cyberman who won the coveted 100 metre stride at this month's Commonwealth Games is currently in hospital after an accident during the medal ceremony. Perhaps he should have gone for silver. As pond leads to river and on towards the sea, anticipation is building that the title character of Delta and the Bannermen may be poised for a comeback. Time loop discovered in South London. And finally, podcaster sees David Tennant not playing the Doctor, suddenly no longer wishes to adjust his screwdriver. Yeah, you might be able to tell, listeners, that I've had a cold. I'm a little bit, you know... Perhaps um, people can tell us apart this week. I'm a bit hushcare. That's as your point. People still can't tell the three of us apart. Is there yes. any, any way to do that? I'm the one that talks like this. I'm the one that talks like this. <laughs> and, and I'm the one that talks like this, but only if Chris hasn't faded my microphone. Yeah. And I'm the one that talks like this. <laughs> yep. Cockney Laura over there. I think that Alpha and I are the most alike. Is that the. Are, are we the ones that need to be more distinguishable? I don't know. I think you should use your normal voice. I do use my normal voice. <laughs> it's just that you use it as well. <laughs> I think you should maybe adopt a speech impediment. I know. Sigma, can you put me for a ring modulator? My I, voice, not me. I All could, the time? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that get a little bit annoying? I think I think the amount of head movements you do when you talk, maybe you should just wear Noddy's hat. They're redubbing the Daleks in Day of the Daleks, and I didn't understand why at all. So I had to get, I think it was Eric, 
Oh, Eric and Nat from the Bridging the Rift podcast uh, sent me a a audio file of what they were like. And it's brilliant because what happened was the actors who were playing the Daleks, they hadn't been around for a few years or something. Mm. It's since Power of the Daleks, is that yeah, right? That, that's about right. So, and there wasn't videotapes <clears throat> and stuff at the time. So they could only remember what the Dalek voices were like. They didn't actually have any material to go back to. And so they thought the Daleks spoke like this. <laughs> and and it just sounds like some people every syllable. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but they are the most recognisably what you think the Daleks sound like. It's like a send-up of a send-up. I think seeing as, you know, they're breaking all the boundaries and juggling around with our expectations, they should have really gone balls out and done some absolutely crazy, wibbly-wobbly, Mr. Blobby-style Dalek voice. That would have been quite amusing. the DVD would not have sold. Yeah, but it would have been funny. I must say, looking at the trailer for it, the new special effects do look very good. They do, you're right. Anyway, so you've got a cold. Yeah, I've got cold, so that was a rather circuitous way of saying I've got a cold. Circuitous. Yes, thanks, Sigma. On Friday, I slept, and I slept, and I slept, and I slept. And I woke up about four o'clock to find a message from a mate saying, Hey, Andy, I've got a free ticket for Doctor Who Live, which opens tonight. Do you want it? And I had to say to him, no, because, you know, I was so ill. What? Yes, thanks for the sympathy. So anyway, so I said to him on Monday when I saw him next, what was it like? What was it like? What was it like? And he loved it. Brilliant. It was basically a fantastic in-your-face stage show of containing lots of Doctor Who monsters. Did they just come on stage and walk around there's, and walk off again? No, there's a story. Um, and basically it's a sequel to Carnival of the Monsters from John Pertwee's era. And uh, the guy that is being played by Nigel Planer, he's called Vorgenson. Haha, get it, listeners? Vorgenson. He's the son of Vorg in Carnival of the Monsters. He's got a miniscope and um, the Doctor, I think, gets trapped in it. And um, doesn't the Doctor appear and kind of sort of condemn what he's doing but doesn't actually do anything about it. He does a lot of shouting from inside the TARDIS, yeah. And um, apparently it's a really visually spectacular thing. He he uploaded uh, one or two little snippets of video from his... Whoops, which I won't tell you who he was or what website it was on. Oh, dear. Um, Email us for the details. (laughs) And it's a very, very cool bit with the Weeping Angels that makes you jump out of your seat, even on shaky handheld iPhone. And there's a flying Dalek, I hear. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm. He didn't tell me that. Ah, tell me more about the flying Dalek. It flies. There's a Dalek, (laughs) right? And get this, it flies. No way. Yes way, Andrew. Cool. So there you go. I feel really numpty-ish for missing the opening night of Doctor Who Live. Matt Smith was there. Catherine Tate was there. John Coleshaw was there. Can I just ask, what happened to that ticket? Um, Did you just go, no, I can't come. There's no one I can think of who could come instead. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) His friend ripped it into small pieces and then uh, turned it into papier-mâché. He turned it into a flying Dalek. Is that what they use for the show? That's really low rent. I was 
was four years old and I want a job, yeah, I want to be a Doctor Who writer. Doctor Who writer. It's a thrilling story of a travelling man from the plains of Skara to the dreaming land. He's got a time machine, he likes to run around. It's fairly obvious that I ought to be a Doctor Who writer. Doctor Who writer. Snappy dialogue, the humor strike. A bit at the end made my granny cry. I can make it longer if you like the style. You can change it round if you let me be a Doctor Who writer. Doctor Who writer. If you really like it, stick it on the show. I can guarantee you'll see your ratings grow. I always wanted my name in text above the time for text because that would mean I was a Doctor Who writer. Doctor Who writer. I was talking to Andrew via email and he was telling me that he, he was watching, he'd been watching The Mind of Evil, the John Pertwee story in a prison where the master has the Why was machine. Andrew in a prison? I was wondering that as well. <clears throat> it was quite a frustrating experience, well, but it added a certain something to the experience of watching the story because I felt I could empathise. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so Andy was telling me about watching The Mind of Evil and how he wanted to do something from coming from that, linking it to shows like Spooks because of the... Uh, annoying international diplomats kind of angle on it and i i didn't get why he wanted to take that angle on it it didn't make much sense to me and i thought a porridge angle would be a much better way of looking at it so um i then sat there for about an hour and a half um making little connections in my head between doctor Who episodes and sitcoms and uh, th- this seemed of this next sketch seemed like a very natural fit That it was, and I told him that it was about as clever as going to the toilet without pulling your trousers down first. <laughs> For God's sake, isn't anyone going to answer that? You could, Rick. Why should I do it? I was telling a story. Were you? You weren't listening to me. Nah, I licked some of the mould behind the fridge, man. Been on a trip since then. What are you talking about? I keep seeing monsters and hearing people call me Vorgerson. Vorgerson? Yeah. Lick this! Both of you shut up! How 
How am I supposed to get my message to the masses when not even you will listen? Oh, bloody hell! I'll answer the phone then! No, Viv, no. Hello? Well? What? Who was it? How am I supposed to know? The phone's in the garden! Vivian, you bastard! You've got no respect for property! I thought property was theft. Shut up, Neil! What are you lot arguing about? Vivian threw the phone out the window. Well, they wouldn't answer the bloody thing! I think the mould behind the fridge has grown into, like, some kind of monster. You will be silent! I need peace and quiet to read my book. What? And I have a bird in my room. What are you doing? Sharing there your probic vent? <laughs> That's so politically unaware, Mike. You should be ashamed of yourself. Anyone else? You bastard, Mike! I wanted to do that! Shut up, Vivian! Neil! Yeah, Mike? Put some tea on! Talking about making connections between the Hooniverse and the real world, I've had a bit of fun on Twitter this week with the hashtag CheeseWho uh, that I think SFX magazine started, but it sort of fizzled out. Uh, and then I decided that it might be quite funny to do some more of. Um, and uh, you, our wonderful listeners, also um, got in on the fun and loads of different podcasters as well. So... Uh, if you want to hear, hear more of things such as the Monster of Peladon and uh, the Cloister Mini Baby Bell. The Dairy Lee Assassin. The Dairy Lee Assassin. Cathedral City of Death, I love. <laughs> yeah, that was absolutely... Um, check out hashtag... The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. <laughs> that was brilliant. Uh, check out hashtag Cheese Who. I think we're probably going to do a different hashtag pun game every two weeks. So look out for that. Next, I think, will be Medical Doctor Who, which is something that Toby Haydock, I think, has started. Um, uh, the only one I can remember so far was Warriors of the Deep Vein Thrombosis. <laughs> but uh, cheese for the moment uh, and have a look at them. The one that I was most proud of, I've just remembered, was The Horror of Fang Rock 4. What cheese would you use to coax a bear down from a tree? Come, Come on, bear. bear. Moving on. <laughs> yes, um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is time for Call My Bloof. Oh! Hooray, it worked so well last time. <laughs> Laura, there are three rumours that I may or may not have read on the internet this week. I feel Only so one small. of them is one that I have read. The other two I have made up in my copious amounts of spare time. Rumour one. The creepy climax to the spring half of the next series will show that Prisoner Zero and River Song were once cellmates. <gasps> Rumour 2, in the first cliffhanger of the new, new series, we will discover Rory is the unsuspecting carrier of the silence. <gasps> Rumour 3, the game-changing first cliffhanger of the new series will reveal that Amy will be revealed as nasty time lady, the Rani. So, oh, Laura. my life. I think that um, one and three are plausible. In the second one, Rory's already been revealed as an agent of the Pandorica Coalition. There is something a bit 
creepy about Amy. She weirds me out a, a bit, so it could be that one. But I think, I think I'm going to go. Scylla, tonight I'm going to go for number one. Well, this week, you got it right. Yes, well I am the best. I, I should add a disclaimer that just because I didn't read the other two on the internet, they may well be there somewhere. Um, but they I will be read. soon. <laughs> yeah. In fact, could... let me just go on Twitter. <laughs> Last season, I'm afraid there was a week where I had a pretty sore throat and I could not sing a note. And um, it so happens that one of our Fedlow podcasters, the Troclophane podcast, has been uh, compiling a series by series, episode by episode uh, list of Doctor Who songs relating to each episode. It appears the one that nobody has done one on is the one where I also had a sore throat, The Lodger. I think, so, don't think that's a coincidence. I think there's probably a lot of episodes that only because you did do one on, there has been a song about. Oh, shucks. Yeah. Anyway, I thought I'm better obliged because, you know, I'm an obliging sort of person. And uh, here's my take on The Lodger. Our house 
Not a good place to explore our house. If you hear screams, please ignore our house. Did we have those stairs before our house? Has some features we abhor our house. Don't go in there, we implore our house. With its creepy up our floor. Okay, well that's the end of another Oodcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we certainly enjoyed making it. We did indeed. Yes, yes we that's did. Right. You can find us on all the usual social networking sites. Facebook, uh, forward slash the Udcast. Twitter, forward slash the Udcast. Where else are we, Sigma? Uh, well, we're on the website and we're also obviously on iTunes. You can go to Ood Subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. Uh, that's oodsubscribe.com. And uh, if anyone is up for putting a bit of a review on there, that really helps us too. That would be lovely. I'd also like to give a big shout out to everybody who's um, listened to, downloaded or donated to the album that we released in the last season. It's really, really, really nice of you guys. I find it very, very heartwarming. Thank you all so much. And uh, I guess the other thing to say is that we're probably going to Gallifrey this year, which is very exciting. But it burnt. It was destroyed. What do you mean? Oh, Andrew, you've hilariously mixed up the uh, fictitious planet of Gallifrey with Gallifrey, the LA-based Doctor Who convention. (gasps) That Mm. does sound good. Yes, very exciting. As the odd one out, can I give a plug to the Oodcast guide on the website? Please keep reading it. It's really fun to write, but I kind of like to know that people are reading it and commenting on it. We read it. I like it. That's at least three. (laughs) That's true. I know there are other people that read it regularly and do comment. So thank you very much. Please keep going. I may do an audio version of some of them soon. And happy birthday to the littlest doctor. Happy birthday, littlest doctor. Keep the blue light flashing. How about this one? This one.